Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in her space. Have, let me just tell there's like this whole hair journey. And I feel like we have to do a we have to do an episode on hair. Yes, we and do. weave. Because I growing up, my mom used to always get me and my sister's hair done. We had, you know, we either wore our natural hair or we were a weave ever since we were little, and that was just a thing. And so hair has always been like this this ex- area of expression for me where I can just express myself, it, you know, take on different looks and it's Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. All right, so I have always been into pop culture. I am one of those celebrity news junkies, so don't judge me. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about something that I saw this week from one of my, I would say, she used to be my favorite talk show host. Not so much anymore, but I still tune into her show because it's full of juicy, juicy gossip. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. You okay. already know. So let me give you a breakdown, Dom. You ready for a breakdown? I'm ready. I'm All ready. Right, so Let's basically, here's what's happening, right? So Wendy Williams, you know, a vet in the industry. She is a she was a radio talk show host. She used to be on Power 99 in Philly. I used to listen to her in high school, and now she has her own daytime talk show. She's cleaned it up a lot since she's got on primetime TV because for obvious reasons, right? So this week she came out and said that she has been living in a sober house, and there's a lot of controversy around that, right? There are some people that are praising her and that are really proud of her for coming out to share that. It, she didn't explicitly say that she's relapsed because she did have a cocaine addiction in the past. She didn't come out and say that she's using, but she did say that she's living in the sober house so that she can, I guess, learn about the experience of others. Because back in the day when she stopped, I don't even know. Do you smoke cocaine? Or do you ingest Snort, whatever she was yeah, doing with cocaine. She stopped doing cocaine, I guess. And she just cold turkey stopped. So she said she wanted to go back into the sober house to learn more about other people's experience. And she has this, you know, Hunter Foundation, her and her husband. And so people were praising her for that. But other people were saying that she isn't being honest. She isn't being truthful because there's a, I want to say, rumor that her husband is allegedly cheating on her and got his mistress pregnant. And so people on the Internet, okay, on the Internet, they've been doing the research. They didn't pull out receipts of the alleged house that her husband Kevin has bought with his mistress. And I know this has turned into like a shade room pop culture episode, but it's all, we're going to tie it all together. Okay. It's all going to make sense. But do you feel like I've given you enough information about what's going on, Dom? Yeah. There's a lot in that little bit that you gave me. Yeah. And I think what immediately comes up for me is a couple of things. The idea of privacy 
notions of vulnerability. And within all of that, boundaries. Mm. Now, I know in a previous episode, we talked about boundaries and how you respond if you feel like your boundaries are being violated. I kind of want to flip it and talk today about how not to be the boundary violator and what it really looks like when we might be unintentionally violating someone's boundaries. You ready to dive in? I'm ready to dive in. Yes, because I'm I'm a nosy person and I feel like I my intentions are well. And so this is a, this topic is a little bit of a struggle for me. So let's dive in, Dom. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna start us. I'm gonna start us off with our quote of the day. Our quote of the day comes from none other than the queen herself, not Beyonce, but Aretha Franklin. Her quote, and you all can say it along with me, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. For real. Find out what respect means to me. Respect. That is the key in terms of not being a boundary violator to respect other people. Now, okay, what does that really look like though? What does respect look like? Well, sometimes the easiest way for us to kind of think about like, well, what what does something look like? Is to identify what it's not. So, T, I know you mentioned, like, you're nosy, right? Not, like, obnoxiously nosy, but I like to know stuff. (laughs) But see, here's the thing. Yeah. Most of us like to know stuff, right? Exactly, exactly. We all nosy, for real, for real. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, like, this whole thing with Wendy Williams, like, you mentioned you've been listening to Wendy. You go, you and Wendy go back, like, way back. Like, y'all girls, (laughs) right? But when you were with your girls, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Your day ones. Day ones. Do you ask personal questions? Yes. We we ask all the questions. I mean, when I'm with my girls, you know, I think that because we've established a safe space and we are oftentimes, I, no, okay, I, I can't say this. I'm not going to say we're each other's therapist, Dom, because I know they're, they're, <laughs> It's okay. Okay. But it's you know okay. what I mean when I say that? Support. We're, yes. su- we're each other's support, mm-hmm. right? And so we are we talk about everything and so i think like i've had times where my best friend she goes goes through something and i'm like i want to know all the details and she may not be ready to share at the time and for me sometimes you know when your person doesn't want to share something with you you're just like oh if you don't tell me but again that's not being respectful right and i've had times where that's happened on both of our ends and that is a boundary violation Mm -hmm. that is you saying wait I mean, I want to know. Yeah. I I don't care if you don't want to tell me. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. That's being a boundary violator. And we do it and we do it often without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So just in that moment, in that conversation that you had with your bestie, you're like, well, tell me. I want to mm-hmm. know. Come on. Like, spill it. That's being a boundary violator. She might not be ready to share. And if she's not ready to share and she articulates that she is not ready to share, then you have to respect it. 
And honestly, it's kind of selfish if you think about it, because if we're looking at it, I know there have been times where I might be going through something and I don't want to share it. And if someone keeps pressing and pressing, it's like, it's kind of selfish. That person wants, they're, they're valuing their need to know over your need for privacy or your need to wait and share and just like process on your own, right? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And if we really are trying to respect that person, then we're going to check ourselves. We're going to check our need to know and put our need to care for them above our need to know. Because there are ways in which you can help people and support them without knowing all of the details. Exactly. And I think simply saying that to someone, like letting them know, and and I've definitely gotten better with this over the years where if she's like, I don't want to talk about it, I'm like, okay. I'm here to support you. So when you are ready to talk about it, I got you. If you don't ever want to talk about it, just know that I'm here to support you. And I think those kind of conversations can be really helpful. But then I feel like it's tricky sometimes because you have situations where you ever experience this where someone says they don't want to share, but they kind of do want to share, but they kind of want you to like dig a little deeper. And it's like one of those things where it's they're like... attention seeking. Yeah, they're attention seeking. So they want you to ask and dig deeper so that you can pull it out of them so that that, that's a tricky situation i think sometimes and if you know the person then you can kind of get a sense for are they trying to really set a clear boundary right now do they really need some space do they really need some privacy around this topic right now or are they asking for you to pull the information out of them are they kind of looking for attention exactly I think when you talk about the Wendy Williams thing, another thing that kind of comes up is this idea of offering unsolicited advice, right? Because as you taught, as you were sharing the story and you were talking about, well, there's rumors about her husband cheating and, you know, and what he's doing with this mistress. I know. I already know. I haven't even looked online, Mm -hmm. but I already know that people are offering unsolicited advice on what Wendy needs to be doing. Oh, for sure. How she needs to manage that situation, right? So one of the things that, one of the ways in which we violate people's boundaries is when we offer this advice, like we say, girl, if I were you, I wouldn't be. You don't know what you would be because we all have advice for someone else's situation, right? Of course. (laughs) Exactly. Of course. (laughs) Knowing. I would do. If you were in that person's shoes. Yes. You don't know what you would really do. Because, and that some of it I think is a developmental thing too. Mm. That if I reflect back to when I was in my like late teens, early 20s, maybe even mid 20s. If someone said, like, if we were reading about Wendy Williams' story, most of us would have been like, girl, I would leave him. I'm not trying to stick around for no man who's doing this, this, and this. But that's because you haven't experienced it. Exactly. You haven't lived life yet, right? So if you're in that age group and you're listening to us, just keep living. That's a really good point, Don, because I think about, girl, there was a point in my life when I was, I would say pretty judgmental and I would see certain things that people went through and I'd be like, oh, girl, that could never be me. Oh, you better than me. I wouldn't be doing that. And girl, I done lived some life and I was like, I done did some shit that I said I ain't wasn't going to do. I done been through some things where I was like, I 
I could have swore I would have never gone through this. And it made me a lot more empathetic and understanding of other people's journey. And I'm like the most non-judgmental person today. Same here. Seriously. And, and the thing is, is that, that offering unsolicited advice and being judgmental, those are boundary violations. So whether we want to accept it and own it or not, we are violating people's boundaries when we offer unsolicited advice or when we are judging their behaviors. I'll even go so far as to say when we are judging ourselves, mm. we are violating our own boundaries. Ooh, say more about that, Tom. What does that look like? So when we are coming down on ourselves, right, because of something that we did, like, I didn't get this project done by this deadline. I'm a bad person. I'm a horrible person. I suck at my job. Like, you know, you're judging yourself, right? That's violating your boundary, your boundary of being compassionate, your boundary of being understanding and Mm. empathetic to yourself. Mm. I think, you know, as we're having this conversation, like I'm realizing that we live in a world where we are constantly violating each other's boundaries, violating our own boundaries and not even really realizing it. Like as I was trying to figure out, okay, like what boundaries do I want to talk about? Like I came across multiple lists of ways in which we violate our boundaries physically, mentally, and all kinds of other ways. Right. The list is extensive. (laughs) It is. It is extensive. Wow. We all are familiar with the ways in which we violate people's physical boundaries by inappropriate touch, right? And we talked about that last time, too. Yes, we did. Being in someone's space, so in their physical space. So... Their bubble? Yeah, in their their personal bubble. Like, culturally, Mm -hmm. some, some cultures... Being in close proximity to a person Girl. where you can literally smell the Girl. onions and garlic Girl. they had for breakfast. Lord. <laughs> when I was in, yes, that culturally, right? It depends mm-hmm. because I was going to say when I was in Europe, we were standing in line and there was someone that was extremely, I mean, so close where I'm like, if this don't scoop back, like just all up in my space. And I feel like in the U.S. we are big on bubbles mm-hmm. and respecting someone's space. So even though it's like we kind of respect someone's aura, right? So you yeah. kind of stand outside of the space around them because you don't want to be all up on somebody's back. Right. And so, yeah, it depends on where you are, right? Like where in the world are you? And that, I mean, so that's a, vi- a boundary violation when we are within a person's particular bubble when we enter in someone's room, whether that's their office or their bedroom or even like the dressing room when you're out shopping and you're changing clothes, you're entering someone's room without their permission. You're violating their boundary. And that's clear. Like we can say that and we know that those are obvious, right? So our physical boundaries are easy for us to pick up on, but some of the mental and emotional boundaries that we've been talking about, there's even more. There's like a longer list. Another boundary violation, in my opinion, is hair. Hair and black women, right? I 
have let me just tell there's like this whole hair journey. And I feel like we have to do a we have to do an episode on hair. Yes, we and do. weave because I growing up, my mom used to always get me and my sister's hair done. We had, you know, we either wore our natural hair or we wore a weave ever since we were little and that was just a thing. And so hair has always been like this this ex- area of expression for me where I can just express myself, it, it, you know, take on different looks. And it's been a fun experience. But one thing I noticed growing up in predominantly white areas is that my teachers, they would be, my teachers and classmates would be so fascinated with my hair and they would ask, can I touch it? Can I touch your hair? How long does it take? How do they do that? And I would literally be like interviewed anytime I had a new hairstyle or new barrettes and ballies and all that. And that is something I grew accustomed to. But as I've gotten older, that is something that I have a less, I have less toleration for. And it's really annoying to me because I'd rather just be able to show up as myself and let my hair not be a topic of conversation, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think that that is a huge physical uh, boundary violation that people... And I think that people do it who aren't just like, yes, white folks tend to be like the big offenders in that. But I think we do it to each other too. We do. We do it to each other. Like, you know, being, for me, having natural hair, I've had friends or just other people come up to me and like, Ooh, your hair feels so soft and touch it. And it's like, um, like you're literally frozen for a second because it's like, wait, they put their hands in my hair. And I think it depends on the person, right? Yeah. Because sometimes like, I, like I know my sisters and I like, we'll play around with each other. Right. And, and so if my sisters, one of my sisters does it, if I get annoyed with my sister doing it, it's because things that my sisters do annoy me. Exactly, right? exactly. Right? So, <laughs> so it's not it's not just the fact that they're touching my hair. Yeah. It's you're intentionally touching my hair to annoy me. Exactly. It's the same thing as like licking your finger and sticking it in my ear. Like exactly. that, that gross little, oh, wet little, little, little <laughs> Yes, there we go. Wet yes. I couldn't think of, yes. of what it was. <laughs> But those little gross things that we do to annoy each other, right? Mm -hmm. So even in that context, even though that's a boundary violation, like, I get that we're playing with each other, Mm -hmm. right? But someone else, like a coworker, no, no, do not violate that boundary. Do not touch my hair because touching my hair, you're touching my person. You're touching my person. You're touching part of my identity in some cases as well. And in my eyes, and I know we all have different experiences and perspectives. In my eyes, I have never thought, I've never felt the need to touch anyone, their hair, their person. Like I've just never, I've never done that. And I never thought that that was appropriate. And I've actually had people in the workplace. This happened to one of my uh, black girlfriends in the workplace uh, this Asian woman came up to her when she had her afro out and she came and touched her hair. And I was just like, why did she think that was okay? And this black girl that I know, my friend, she literally almost had a nervous breakdown. And like she called, she like texted me and was like, girl, this just happened. I need to talk. Because that is so, tra- that can be very traumatizing, especially when you think about the historical experience yes. of black people in the country and, and space and, and being violated and, you know, being having boundaries violated and then something like that that's that's traumatizing for us as a people i think but yes we're not on display no we are have respect yes yes have respect treat our hair 
because it is a part of our person, treat our hair as if it was any other part of our body that you know good and well you are not going to touch because that is an HR violation. I always like to, I know this is definitely like a little out there, but I always like to compare the hair conversation to like breasts because the reason I do that is because if I wear a weave or an extension or something that's like an extension, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine someone getting breast implants and you notice that their breasts are a lot bigger the next day. And maybe I change my hair and you notice, oh, wait, her hair was just short. Now it's longer. Would I you, come up, would would you would. come up to a person and be like, oh, Dom, squeeze, squeeze, girl. Are those new? Like, no, you would that not would do be that. An automatic sexual harassment yes, charge. Exactly. Yes, I see exactly why and so we with hair, waited. To, yep. Yeah, that's just my person. Because I feel like that's what I have to, like, I have to compare those two so that people get it. Like, yo, it is not appropriate ever to touch anyone's hair, but especially a black woman. Because I feel like people are more engrossed in, like, really um i don't not know respecting our not respectful boundaries. of our hair and i think that yeah that's something that definitely needs to be addressed yeah you know which one i just thought of this is now you got me thinking so i went to a therapist and she used to always say in her notice before you began to work with her please do not wear scents before the therapy session because she had an allergic reaction and sometimes folks would come in with all this perfume or cologne on and she'd be sneezing the entire session and so that's i mean i never even thought of like a scent and if you okay if somebody got bo that's another boundary violation because then i want to smell yes, no. but yes. no i mean something as, as simple as like the way you smell or what you're putting on as you go into different spaces with other people and that's a good thing for me to like pay attention to like i thought about i've i've had similar interactions where like if you walk into my office people frequently comment Oh, your office smells so good. That's because I like scents, mm -hmm. right? I keep the Bath and Body Works plug-in. Yes. And so I stay up on the scents and people are constantly commenting, Oh, it smells so good in yeah. here. I wear perfume. I love wearing perfume. Me too. I love candles. I like things around me to smell good. But that's a good point that for some people... They can't handle those scents, and so it is something to be aware of that you might be, like if you're wearing perfume and you encounter someone, they might be allergic to your scent, and now you violated their boundary. And I think about even in, I've been on different search committees when we're hiring for different jobs, and I think that, you know, we actually went over, we had a training, and we went over different questions that you cannot ask someone in an interview or when they're interviewing for lunch and I saw one of my colleagues do this and I was just cringing like girl don't ask that person where they live because you cannot ask where they live what their age is um you know when they graduated from school because you know of ageism and other different like, sort of privacy uh concerns there and there are a lot of different things that you just cannot ask and I think this is such an important topic to dive into because we many of us do violate boundaries throughout the day so I think just Having a conversation like this mm -hmm. can heighten our awareness of, wait, is this appropriate? Should I be doing this? Like, is it okay to ask someone, a woman, for instance, when are you going to have kids? You don't know if this woman has had several miscarriages or if she cannot mm. have kids or if she's like, you don't know what she's going through. And I think that's something I used to ask women all the time. But now I have friends and I've been, you know, in this world and I see that, oh, there are a lot of different layers to a woman and her ability to conceive that 
you just don't want to ask questions because that could be so offensive and so triggering for some people, right? That is not your business. Not your business. I saw another woman online really quick. She um, she was struggling with fibroids. And so it sometimes appears as though you're bloated and some people assume that you might be pregnant. And she actually, oh, it broke my heart. She actually is not in the space. Okay, I guess I can say this publicly because she put it on her Instagram. But Tiffany the Budget Nista, who's mm-hmm. like very, uh, you know, established and successful financial educator. She posted something on her Instagram recently about how, you know, she was saying, please stop asking me if I'm pregnant. Like, it's disrespectful. And she's like, this isn't financially related, but this is what's happening to me. And it's really, it's just, it's inappropriate. And just because someone might look as if they have a little, a belly or bloated, whatever, don't ask any questions. Just mind your business and keep it pushing. If you don't see a baby pop out in nine months, then you know what it is. Like, don't do it. It's just so offensive. Stay out of my uterus. Yes. Stay out of my uterus. I love it. Stay out of my uterus. Yes. And as you were talking, one of the things, something that I realized, another small way in which we violate people's boundaries is interrupting them while they're talking. Because Mm. as you were talking, there were so many ways, so many moments where I wanted to jump in and be like, ooh, and say something. And then I, and I stopped myself in this moment. I stopped myself and I said, hold on. Don't violate her boundaries. She's speaking. Let her talk. Terry got the mic. Not Dom. So even it just happens so fast and in so many like small ways that we can violate people's boundaries. My husband's going to love that you just said that. Thanks so much, Dom, for giving him some <laughs> fuel for a conversation we we'll That is something I've been working on, even with my best friend. Because I get... You ever get so excited when you're chatting? I think sometimes you can talk to some people and depending on your vibe, you can both continue to interrupt and it can be a good conversation like with you interrupting each other. But especially if it's someone that you don't know, I think that's a tricky, like, it's like, come on now. That, the first impression, the vibe you give off when you're just constantly interrupting. But no, I feel you. You're right. I'm a work in progress. We're all works in progress. Yes. And, but you, you bring up context. Right. Context for sure. Knowing your audience, knowing your setting, knowing exactly. your environment. So, yeah. So technically, technically, I could have interrupted you, you yes, right? Because we and do it that. Because cool, yes. we we vibe, right? Exactly. We cool like that. We finish each other's sentences. We co-parenting exactly. with the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> That's how we roll. Yes. But let's say that you're in a meeting at work. Mm. That is highly disrespectful. Yes. To interrupt someone while they're giving a presentation. Yes. If someone is talking, whether they're presenting or not, if they, if someone has the floor, we let them finish their thought before we interrupt. I believe we were taught that in school, right? Mm -hmm. One person speaks at a time. Exactly. And I feel like that happens a lot with women as well, like men will typically interrupt women in, you know, in work mm. meetings or the work environment. That's, I feel, feel like there was a study done on that. And, um, yeah. So that's, I mean, but that's a big boundary violation absolutely. that has some gender dynamics as your, and power dynamics as well. And I think that, like, as we're having this conversation, they're just, it's becoming really clear to me that, our boundaries get violated every day, yeah. every single day. So what do we do 
how do we handle if we recognize that we're the boundary violator? Well, I think one is a good one good example is what I shared in the last episode about boundaries where don't take offense to like don't take offense. You know, I shared last time that one of my coaches, we were, you know, we had a really great session. We were about to leave each other and I went in to give her a hug as I asked, oh, can I hug you? And she said, oh, no, it's okay. Or I forget. She said something along those lines. And I just kind of put my hands on like, oh, shit. She just said no. Like I had to process that. So I think in that moment, I could have, you know, I said before, I could have had an attitude. I could have felt some type of way. But it's just, yo, everybody has different boundaries and just respecting someone else's boundaries. Another thing, a colleague of mine, I called her by her first name. And she has a nickname and she said, oh, can you please not call me that? I prefer this. That kind of makes me feel like, you know, a bill collector and and no one else calls me that but my father. And so I had to respect her boundaries. So now whenever I see her, I'm very intentional about, okay, make sure I say her nickname and not her full name. So it's just enabling us to create spaces where people feel comfortable. And that's what this is all about. And so to touch on those two that you pointed out, I think so the one about the name. There was just uh, in social media this past week, my that video with Maya Angelou, and she called a young girl out for addressing her as Maya and not like Miss Maya or Mrs. Doctor. Maya or Dr. Angelou, right? Really? And and I think there was a lot of controversy around it because they said that uh, Dr. Angelou, because I'm going to give her yes. the respect she deserves. Exactly was rude to the young lady but I think that the overall lesson and she came back around later to kind of like correct the situation or address the situation but the overall lesson in that was Dr. Angelou has a boundary in terms of her name Mm -hmm. and how she chooses to be addressed and also I think that that's a sign of respect that when, particularly when you are interacting with people who are your elders or who have a higher position than you, right? So for me, particularly in academic settings, if I know someone has a doctorate level degree, I will address them by doctor in their last name unless they, until they tell me differently. And if I'm around my elders, and and I use elders meaning anybody who is older than me, I will put a miss or mister in front of their name until they tell me differently because that's about respecting their name, right? Then I think about what you said about with your coach and hugging her. And it's okay for us to set that clear boundary about I don't want to be touched. But if you're a hugger, then you can ask. Ask. Ask for, for just permission. Just ask for permission to say, I'm a hug. Just identify it. Say, I'm a hugger. Is it okay if I hug? And give you, or is it okay if I give you a hug? And let that person respond mm-hmm. and respect how they respond. And I think also being willing to listen. Like, again, we said this before. We, everyone has a different life experience. Everyone has, you know, has 
different experiences within their life experience, right? And so right. someone might be, a, I'm just using this as an extreme example, but you might, someone might be a sexual assault survivor and they may not like to be touched at all by anyone that they don't know. And you come up and touch them on the shoulder for you, it's not a big deal. But for that person, that could be triggering, right? Or it can make them feel extremely uncomfortable. So I think being open, although we may not understand someone else's boundary, if they make it known to us, listen and try to understand their perspective. Because I think that's something I'm still learning. I chatted with some students last week and I remember we were about to take a picture and I said, can I touch your shoulder? And she was like, yeah, like it was okay. And I was like, okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure cover my ass. Cause it's like, this is a student one. We're taking a group picture, but still, I don't know if that person might be uncomfortable with me doing that. Right. right so right. yes, you be willing will. to listen. Exactly. Be willing to hear other people, be willing to also apologize yes if you have violated someone's boundary and they have made it clear that you violated their boundary apologize for them for sure genuinely apologize for it exactly yes i would agree with that and then there was a question that someone shared with us and i'd love to dive into that just to see what our perspective is here and the person asked how do you answer invasive questions from others? Like, when are you getting married? When are y'all having a baby? When are you having baby number two? And things like that. And I'm trying to think about that question realistically because I think sometimes it's easy to give advice and say, oh, well, you just got to say this. But I'm like, if someone were to actually ask me that in my family, for instance, mm-hmm. um, what do you say? And I remember having a friend ask me something about that recently or something along those lines. And I told her that, I actually told her that it was offensive, but we also have a certain rapport, so it wasn't a problem with me saying that. Right. But I'm thinking about, you know, a grandparent or an in-law or someone like that. How do we answer questions like that, those invasive questions? Well, it's about knowing your audience, like you said. Mm-hmm. So with your girlfriend, that you that you have that built, built-in relationship where you all can have that interaction where it was comfortable and safe for you to say, well, I think this is offensive and dive into why it's offensive to you, that's one way to address it. If it's a family member that they constantly are violating your boundaries by asking all the rude questions, all the invasive questions, then you can be assertive, not aggressive, not passive aggressive. You can be assertive and you can say, that's not something that I want to discuss. That's not something that I feel comfortable discussing. You can say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. You don't, you are not obligated to answer any question that you feel is a, bi- a boundary violation. Yeah. I feel like sometimes in those instances, maybe I I don't know, and then come back with a different question that maybe changes the subject because I feel like, you know, people can just go on and on. Look, I I don't know. Oh, well, you know, you better have that next baby or, you know, they just kind of keep going. And I think it'd be great to also cut off that. So you you can cut it off by saying, I don't know, and I prefer not to talk about it. There you go. Close that loop out real quick. Yeah. I love it. And if they get offended, that's honestly on them because it's important that we advocate for ourselves and I'm sure after this episode I will be tested because I feel like every time we talk about a different topic we air the episode and then it's like oh real life is like hey let's test it out to see if you really practicing what you preach it <laughs> yes yes like Dr. Dom are you really over there like engaging in self-care yes are you really over there like 
having assertive conversations? Exactly. Like, are you really just all the things? Mm-hmm. All the things. All the things. Yeah. Well, as you all step out into this world, remember to please be respectful of each other's boundaries. And if for a moment you are uncertain in a situation that you're in, ask yourself, how would you respond if the shoe was on the other foot? Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast, or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am not defined by where I come from or what happened to me. I get to create my own destiny. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, ladies.